welcome everyone back to another edition of Cleve and Me. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a couple weeks, but our vacation guy, our man Cleveland, is back. Uh, we thank Tones for filling in as always. And if I'm gone ever, he'll step in with Cleveland. And you know, so it was. It's good to have a guy that could always be there and call for us. But Cleveland, you're back. You're alive. What's going on? How you doing? I'm doing good. Just enjoying one of these off days. The weather's getting nicer outside. I hear the birds chirping. It sounds like summer's around the corner. NFL draft just happened. My Lakers are not doing so good, but I'm ready to talk wrestling. Yeah, but at least they're not the Bulls. But yeah, like you said, <laughs> we are here to talk wrestling. And uh, for the people that don't know, I'm just going to start with SmackDown to hit them that this Friday. If you don't always tune into SmackDown, make sure you do. They're going old school episode. Um, the Fist will be, they said they're going to bring the Fist back for this episode. Um, I think that's pretty cool. I, you know, I mean, wrestling was better when that was going on anyways. But uh, I don't know much more than that. As usual, WWE plans the last second and they don't really tell their people. So how the hell am I supposed to know? But Cleveland, when you hear old school SmackDown episode and bringing back the fist and stuff, any certain memory that rings or anything that, or just anything from back in the day with, with how SmackDown used to be? Because for me, it's Teddy Long and The Undertaker. I'll go back uh, a little further than that. Like I said, I've been watching wrestling since 1997. So I remember a lot, especially since I didn't have cable growing up, we used to watch it, SmackDown, SmackDown, you know, Everyone watched SmackDown. And I remember when Kurt Angle was general manager, Paul Heyman, you know, the coming of Edge, when the tag team division with the uh, Los Guerreros, Chris Wild, Kurt Angle, Ray Mysterio and Edge, we had young Brock Lesnar. At one point in time, I actually remember SmackDown was always me more superior than Raw, simply how the setup was, the general manager, and it was more about wrestling than storylines compared to Raw. And it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because that's where we're opposites. I all I mean, I did watch SmackDown all the time, but I always made sure I had Monday Night Raw uh, available to me and watch. So. And that's the beauty of it, folks. I mean, it's one company, but it is two distinct shows. Um, back in the day, especially when they kept the damn ro- people on the same rosters and didn't you know, switch between because it made Survivor Series that much more meaningful. But... Um, Definitely great memories from back in the day, and I hope they do a good job. I wish I could tell you guys more about it, but that's all I got, so that's all you're getting. Um, back to SmackDown, though, and what happened last Friday going into the future as we get closer to WrestleMania Backlash, which I believe is May 16th. Yeah, it's the week after Mother's Day, May 16th, a Sunday. Um, we got to talk about Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. My question to you is this. I'm going to just get right to the point because everyone should know Roman Reigns won by now and retained. That Daniel Bryan is done. They moved him to the alumni page on WWE.com. Cleveland, my question to you, do you think he's actually done or do you think he'll just eventually go to Raw and have some big time last match at SummerSlam or Mania? Um, I think he's going a more part-time route. I think he's done as a full-time wrestler. He's been mentioning for a while that he wants to take time away. He just had a baby not too long ago. And Dan Bryan's getting up there in age, and injury has sadly taken a big toll on his body. 
But I know everyone's expecting Raw. But all honesty, I wouldn't be surprised if Daniel Bryan swerves and go to NXT and work with the younger guys. I like and that. I, and I honestly think it would be a way better move. We've seen what happens when wrestlers come up to the main roster. And they, you know, from NXT, they don't do so well. And they go back and they find their groove. Well, this could be different from Daniel Bryan, where all honesty, he's sort of running out of storylines late in his career. He, Roman Reigns was probably the last time he'll probably challenge for the WWE champion. So why not go, why not go down to the NXT and work with people like Finn Balor? You still got Adam Cole down there. Um, I was a huge Valentine Dream guy. I don't know where he's been at lately, but he's a phenomenal wrestler. You have all these good wrestlers, but Daniel Bryan and new storylines where he doesn't need to be, I guess he doesn't have to be on the road as much. I'm not sure how NXT works. but no, that is true. It's, a, it's less road time for sure. So, yeah, I think that would be – I think at this point it would be way – it would be a better move for him because Daniel Bryan is the one of the wrestlers that doesn't have a problem putting over younger guys for the future. So, I like NXT more than Raw. Well, I mean, look what he did with Cesaro. So, I mean, I could I – mean, we're going to get to that in a minute. But, I mean, Daniel Bryan – uh, he's done it all. He likes putting people over. Um, it's unfortunate when a wrestler gets to their stage in his career. Because I remember, I mean, I, everyone knows I'm a John Cena fan. And uh, when he started to go part-time officially, it was just like, it wasn't, it, it's, it's not the same. It's enjoyable because when you do see him, you're like, all right, I got to be watching. But, uh, you know, that's their job for many years. You get used to seeing the best of the best, and sometimes, hey, they get families, they go move on to Hollywood, things happen, life changes, and we move on. But I don't mind the NXT idea. I don't mind the Monday Night Raw. I just hope it's not fully done and being out. I hope he gets one more, you know, maybe he wrestles Randy Orton or Edge or, you know, where you don't need a title and you could just have a big match with him in it Uh, because he had some historic matches, especially – the two mania wins where he beat Triple H and then Warren and Batista. But moving on to the other part of this story, and we want to talk a little bit about Roman Reigns, but before we do, uh, with the new theme song and then uh, a comment on the guillotine from our guy Cleveland, Cesaro seems like he's next in line. Uh, Do you like this at WrestleMania Backlash, or do you think they could go a different direction? I like it, but I don't like it at the same time because it's, it has a feel that Roman Reigns is going to hold this champion for a very long time, and rightfully so. He is the franchise player on SmackDown. But at the same time, I like it because Cesaro never was given this chance before. Remember, he was a Paul Heyman guy that failed miserably. He joined the tag team. He's always seen with Sheamus, and you're more of a tag team specialist. But it does feel good to see Cesaro get his due. But I hate to be expo- I hate to be a spoiler to people, but I think Roman, regardless who we face at Backlash, what is it, WrestleMania Backlash, whatever the name is, Roman will retain simply because I see WWE giving him a long run, maybe a year, I realistically. Yeah, I think I heard it's like up to two hundred fifty some odd, but uh, there's no doubt in my mind that he's not losing to at the bare minimum SummerSlam, probably not to Mania. Um, and I like the Cesaro. He deserves the hype. He deserves the run. It's unfortunate because Kevin Owens had a few matches versus Roman Reigns. And, but when you're making the dominating figure of Roman, you have to keep him with that universal title, with the swag he has, 
they keep, you know, when, when I heard that new theme song, that's when you knew this running and then anytime soon, like you do look over at Kenny Omega, who's in AEW mostly, but he has a new Japan belt and an impact belt. A lot of times when people compare, you know, best in the company to best in the company, they compare Omega and Roman. Of course, I go with my boy Roman 10 times out of 10, but that's a time for in another topic. But uh, yeah, I mean, Cesaro, he's had a long career. He deserves it. So do I agree with Cleveland that the match, obviously, I don't know if they Roman win, fuck yeah. I mean, he ain't losing. It's the big dog. It's just not coming to an end soon. And if it does, it's got to come to somebody bigger than Cesaro in Vince McMahon's eyes. But good topic. I want to get to Roman himself. Uh, Cleveland, I know you had a – you wanted to talk about his skill set. What did you want to bring up there? I want to bring up the guillotine lock that he did on Daniel Bryan's SmackDown. Um, I was telling Joe before we went live, I think that it's a, a way better finishing move than the Superman punch. And I'm not going to lie, fans. I thought the Superman punch was the most stupidest dumbest wrestling move I've ever seen in my life. It, it's somewhat believable, but it's not believable, but it's just look goofy every time Roman does it. But I think adding the submission move to his arsenal is very, it's, it's key. Remember Kurt Angle had two, he had the ankle lock and the ankle slam. And I think it, it means more to make a wrestler submit than pin him three times. Um, we've seen before in the past where people like Undertaker and, Hulk Hogan, where Kurt Angle made them tap out, it was such a big deal because you can pin someone, but to make someone submit, I think, holds more value, just in my opinion. Do you think the Superman punch is bad because of its name and it's kind of cheesy, or do you think just the, the move itself sucks? I think the name is cheesy, and I just think, I mean, if the Big Show were to do it, Big Show did. He called it a knockout punch. That would be way more believable but it just, to me, it just looks silly. Roman's jumping around and just doing a Superman punch. Now, I know they do that in MMA, and that's completely different. But I, I don't know. It just looks goofy when Roman does it. And well, I just hate the, the name. I mean, with how strong he is, he's, you know, he's very defined. Uh, he wrestles with his shirt off now, which is complete 180. He's a heel, complete 180. And uh, I just think this character has been knocked out of the park by himself, Paul Heyman, and others. Um, you know, a lot of people could say what they want, but when it comes down to Roman Reigns, he's one of the best of the best. Uh, he just had to learn more about himself, especially, you know, I was watching this is a little sidetrack, but I wanted to talk about it because I've been getting more into those broken skull sessions uh, with Stone Cold. And I was I usually when I'm out riding on the bike or the treadmill or something, I'll flip it on. And I watched Randy Orton last time. And he said, not until 2020. Did he perfect promos? And I mean, Randy Orton came in what, two thousand three? Oh, uh, I think oh three. Oh three. Let's okay. Let's go oh three. Um, pretty and like it took him seventeen years to nail it down. And uh, I don't know. It's cool hearing about not to get too much off, but uh, Randy Orton, John Cena, uh, Brock Lesnar, they all came in around the same time. And Randy, what's what's up? Batista came around with Cena, Orton, and uh, Brock yeah. Lesnar. Randy Orton opened the door. The first person he saw was Batista. And he said one time uh, after a show, Lesnar and him were driving together. And he gets in the shotgun and Lesnar looks at him. And he goes, can you like something along the lines of, can you believe we get paid to do this shit? And he like just started busting out laughing. Like, 
it's just cool to watch those. I highly recommend. Uh, and actually, they were boozing too. They each had a couple of beers, a couple of shots of whiskey. Uh, Stone Cold knows how to have a good time. So check it out if you have it. You can catch it on Peacock TV, clips on YouTube, and all that. Anyways, back to the real action. Um, I brought up the first topic talking Roman and Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. Give me something on SmackDown that you want to talk about. Uh, I want to do a little appreciation. I don't think we give Rey Mysterio the appreciation that he deserves. Um, I really haven't thought about it until I read it somewhere where Rey Mysterio, uh, I believe he's 46 or 45. He competes week in and week out every time he shows up, and he always brings his A game. He's bringing his son along, Dominic, which will be – I think it will be a really cool moment to see – the Mysterios win the tag team champions. But I just want to give Ray appreciation because at that age, wrestlers usually go part-time or they slow down. But Ray Mysterio really hasn't slowed down, and he gives it his all every Friday. And if we're going to give appreciation, I know a lot of my close friends are haters, but Dominic has come a lo- I mean, long way. He, he's getting better, and him and Ray together, I hope they become tag team champions. Uh, We'll Sooner see. than later. Um, well, to be determined right now, we still got the dirty know. dogs. I love the dirty dogs, man. Hey, <laughs> if that, I think Dolph Ziggler and Robbie Roode, they could be on their own, but they're great tag team too. So I, I uh, thoroughly enjoy that. Um, getting back to it, though, you wanted to pay your kudos to Rey Mysterio. If we're going to go out on a little bit of a limb, because you know what? I don't. Apollo Crews storyline, you know, yeah, he has the belt and uh, his, you know, general is Oz or whatever he calls him. Eventually, he's got a fight. Do you have any comment on that guy before you? You, you think you think you went like almost, almost. We had to wait a long time for him to get in the ring with AJ Styles. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen Raw, he him and AJ are back. They uh, had a match against the New Day title rematch. Um, but getting back to you, Cleveland. Any comment in general is Oz. Apollo Cruz's guy? No, um, not really. He's. I think he's just more of a background guy right now, taking it slow. I will say that Apollo Cruz does need to pick up a clean victory for his championship reign to mean more right now. He's sort of just winning with his guy interfering, or he lost a big Doesn't heat. that sound like Roman Reigns? That does sound like Roman, but at the same time, we're talking Apollo Cruz and Roman Reigns. I know. I'm just, I'm just saying. They're two, I'm just, you know, it's fair, but there's this are two different guys we're talking about. But I just think, but I want to more talk about the Intercontinental Champion picture because I think it's really heating up. We only we don't get a chance to really talk about it much. But man, I love Sami Zayn. I don't know if anybody saw the little dance Sami did in the ring on Friday. That was pretty funny. Uh, but you got like a possible Fatal Four Way match coming up at WrestleMania Backlash. You got Apollo Cruz. You got Kevin Owens just get, adding to it. You got Biggie, and then you have Sami Zayn, who still believes he is the rightful Intercontinental Champion. He's going around this conspiracy theory thing. It's pretty funny. So I think right now that the Intercontinental Champion picture after the WWE one is uh, the hot one on SmackDown right now because you got a four-way. Um, I would really enjoy a fatal four-way. That would be nice. You got four different styles. Then you add two storylines together. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn merge with Big E and Apollo Crews. And I think if Apollo Crews were to walk out of this match as champion, then it would add, it would solidify his Intercontinental Champion reign a little early. But right now, he needs to pick up a clean victory for me to believe in him. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we, uh, we talk about 
a lot of these wrestlers and you know the directions they headed. Uh, I want to give some credit really quick. Um, our big announcement, kind of psyching y'all out here, so y'all keep listening, is actually coming next week. I'm giving a minor announcement tonight, and that is that I am doing a 180 on Bailey. I hated her because I just didn't really like her character. Quite frankly, I thought as a heel, she was just annoying. But I think she is doing a phenomenal job, and I think this Bianca versus Bailey storyline could have some good quality to it, not only inside the ring, but outside of it with interviews and promos. Are you agreeing with me, Cleveland? Or, or I, I forgot what you're – I think you like Bailey a little bit, right? I like Bailey. I think she's really good in the ring, and I think she played her character to a T. And I do like this because um, if we're being honest, Bianca, she, you know, she beat Sasha Banks. And, you know, I don't, I haven't, I don't know if Sasha's been around since she's lost. I believe she has. But I think the next step up is Bailey. Bailey was champion before Sasha Banks. Bailey sort of hung around the background at Mania, didn't have a match. And I think if you want to establish Bianca Belair's championship reign early, why not take out Bailey, another one of the four horsewomen in WWE? And I mean, well, when you bring up the horsewomen, I, I just uh, I want Becky, Becky Lynch so later because all of those women, uh, Charlotte Flair, um, you know, she's done a little change up on Raw. Love it. Um, yeah, which we're going to get to when we get more on the Raw side. And because people's our opinions are all over the place, but I'm in agreement with Cleveland. Uh, Sasha Banks is taking a little break, but we, we miss Becky Lynch. And uh, but getting back to Bailey, she's her and Bianca is going to be a good rivalry. Uh, Bianca, I think, will obviously retain throughout, but there's going to be some hard fought battles. But we, you know, that's a lot of SmackDown. We take you now about uh, a little over a third into the show. Uh, we want to get on and talk raw, and then you know, maybe we'll either do I'm not sure yet, maybe we'll throw a little bit of uh. Donuts with Cleveland there. We'll, you know, talk a little bit about sports because a lot did happen. But back to the wrestling with the main topic. A little news before I get into Raw. Santino Morello's daughter is actually um, training a lot. She's looking to be – she wants to be in the WWE. So we might see our, our buddy, our favorite Santino, have his offspring be in the business sooner than later. But getting to Monday Night Raw, as that is just some semi-boring news I gave y'all, I want to talk about AJ Styles and Omos because they have not shown up since WrestleMania, Mr. Cleve. And a little weird why, I don't know if it was COVID because they can keep that undisclosed, which would be fine. Regardless, title rematch with the New Day, they ain't losing because this is before Raw, but it will air after, so that's how it is. But there's no chance they lose. Um, do you think we just see more almost, or are you just is he going to be a main background tag team partner? Uh, I think they're still trying to ease him in. Like I mentioned a while back, I think he did very good at WrestleMania. He did more than I would expect a person of his size to do. But I think as this tag team progressed and as they go along, you will see him more coming toward the front and AJ Styles taking more of the backseat role to him, which is understandable because he's a younger guy. AJ's an established veteran. He doesn't need the spotlight Omis does. So for now, I think he's somewhat in the background, but as the tag team goes along, he's going to come out more to the front. 
Yeah, and I, I hope they – because AJ could do good in this role with this guy if they keep it right. I think I, – I mean, I know they're – in this little absent, they've been building up the Viking Raiders a lot. I really hope they don't make the mistake of putting the titles right on them. I think if I'm raw, I keep a dominant run with AJ and almost for a while and make um, – you know, almost feed off AJ's great history and they both become dominant because that would uh, really be some stability there. AJ could do any role. He's proven time in and time out. Uh, that's talking a little bit about the tag team, though. I want to obviously talk about the main picture. And I don't know if I was one of few or one of many, but I love Strowman getting added to this fight. And here's why. Uh, not only does he deserve it because he, he gets some interesting stories. Um, he, Lashley and Drew, we saw at Mania. I think Mania, you should keep, you know, as limited as possible. What I mean by that is don't have the same repeat right after if, you know, people who invested a lot more time and money into WrestleMania saw that as the first match back for, with all the fans from COVID. But uh, you mix it up a little bit. That way, if, you know, Lashley or Drew lose, Obviously, a lot of people think Strowman's going to take the fall, which is the biggest possibility. Uh, but I want your thoughts, Cleveland. I want a Cleveland thought on this. What do you got for me? I honestly do like adding Strowman to it. I think, you know, with these three guys, it's different style. You got three big guys, so it's going to be a pretty interesting match. Uh, excuse me. But I will say, if Bobby Lassie retains, it's time to move on. I really, I am, you know, I am a huge Drew McIntyre guy. I talked about him a lot when there was no fans in the arena and he was the one that stepped up when everyone else wasn't around. But his time has passed. I think it's Bobby Lassie time and someone else on Raw needs to step up and challenge Lassie. Maybe Strowman gets his match after this, but I like Strowman being added to it. But if Lassie wins and let someone else please step up, we don't want to keep seeing the same repeat matches all the way to SummerSlam. I'm going to go off the grid a little here, but if it's Lashley, I, you could try Randy Orton, although he's involved in RK Bro, which I think is pretty sweet. He actually likes Matt Riddle now, and he wasn't too fond of him at first as a side note. But, um, I mean, we keep waiting for guys like Keith Lee or Brock Lesnar to come back. I mean, if you're really building Lashley up, it's got to be someone really dominant. Um, maybe, I mean, could Edge possibly enter? I, I don't really – I'm not sure. They'd have, it'd have to be somebody big. I mean, I'm pretty sure the WWE draft is coming up. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that it should be happening within the next few months. So, I mean, you don't have to resort to typical names like Randy Orton. You can make someone else come out and challenge uh, Bobby Lashley. Like, that's – I think that's what Raw misses sometimes is just, like, a spark or something. Like, you know, how John Cena used to do the United States uh, open challenge where a random guy had come down. Like Sheamus is doing that right now. Sheamus is doing – but I think right now Sheamus is sort of stuck. I think what's – uh, I, uh, I can't pronounce his name. Humberto Correa. Alberto Correa, I think he's going to be the guy to challenge Sheamus. So, but even that type of idea, let someone else new step up to Bobby Lashley instead of resorting to, like, names that we already seen. Like, Keith Lee be cool, but why not save him the SummerSlam? Um, I don't know. Put Alistair Black on Raw. You know, he's been cutting. Well, he's, on, he's been cutting the SmackDown promos. But, you know, WWE always has ways to work something out, yeah. you know, trick the system around. But 
I just don't want Bobby Lashley first reign to just feel like it's like just the same people. You need to wrestle other guys. Other people need to step up. I can't think of who hasn't been on TV in a while, but maybe someone new comes into the picture. Well, because if and if you look at the flip side, if Drew wins, then you know we're getting one more Lashley versus McIntyre because he would have to have a chance. So it'll be a cool off. Yeah, I guess it'll be probably like a a grudge match between them two or Drew or to win it. But I think it'll be dumb just like when Randy Orton pinned Drew and then Drew won the title back. I don't think Drew needs the title at the moment right now. I, I agree. I if because if if Lashley loses the belt, he won't catch the same steam that Drew will lose. Drew losing the but Drew can be in big matches outside of the belt so a lot of people would be interested. Like if you you know you did Drew McIntyre versus I mean, it could be any any just can good wrestling. Go back to Sheamus. I mean, him and Sheamus could pick up back where they started. Or... And it could be for the USA title. I, I agree. Yeah, so you know what? I mean, I hope Blanchley retains and then they do go a new direction as well. Uh, I, You know, it's hard not to hit Alexa Bliss and her new friend Lily <laughs> uh, because, you know, as we've seen, they took the – I don't know if it's – where it's all coming from, but they, they're really pushing the Alexa Bliss thing in. A rumor, and I put a poll on our Twitter today, and if I'm okay, so I, our Twitter account earlier, by the way, Aunt Cleve and me, if you haven't already followed us, it's a no-brainer. Um, is Alexa Bliss' new friend Lily Nikki Cross? 27% say, oh, yeah, 73% no way. Wow. I haven't seen Alexa, uh, Nikki Cross in a while, actually, and that would make a lot of sense. So – would you vote yes or no in that poll? Uh, I vote yes, but I think right now I'm kind of watching this storyline from afar just to see where it goes. I'm not going to say I'm not entertained by it. I still think it's a unique storyline. I think more now it's focused on Alexa Bliss after Bray Wyatt's sudden defeat at WrestleMania, but I'm still interested in this. I'm just more of a from a distance. you know. I just want to see how this plays out right now but the Nikki Cross factor that's not a bad idea they were a tag team at one point I remember Lixa Bliss sort of got rid of Nikki Cross and maybe she convert Nikki over to the dark side I don't know but it's a good storyline I think a lot of a lot of people aren't too thrilled with how it's going but it's different it's not PG it's adult I mean it's like a mature type stuff so it's really good for her character and she's doing great at it my issue just has been is I want to know where this theme, why direction's going. It, like it's it's getting to the point where you're only seeing him very seldomly, and it's a shame because Bray Wyatt's one of the best in the business. And I, this may be on purpose. This might forward the storyline and make things even better. Um, I'm just impatient and want a damn answer. So hopefully we get a lot more content out of those two in the near future and things progress there. Uh, you know, jumping around rock hard a little bit, as they always are. We'll get to Charlotte Flair in a minute, as Cleveland already previewed that he likes that direction. Lana and Naomi have the title rematch, if you have not tuned in, versus Nia and Shayna. It's just getting to the point where Nia and Shayna got to, like, just turn on each other and have a rivalry and then lose these belts well, or something. It's, it's what, a joke. What the hell is this? What What the hell is this? I think it's a joke at this point now. Uh, if anything, I was expecting Tamina 
and Natalia to take it from, and they defeat them on Raw recently. So anyone but night, I think they just, I don't know. Uh, we always complain about the women's tag team champions because they just, it, it's, I don't know. Because they like, put them in bad spots. Why, like, why the hell are they, uh, they're, they're single character heels. They put two randoms together, and I get it, they're dominating, but it doesn't even seem like a dominating run. It seems like a joke. It seems like they're floating. Summer. It's just like they're floating in the water right now. They're not drowning. They're not swimming. They're just floating. I'll honestly, Shayna Baszler should have held either the Raw or Women's Champion by now. Nia Jax, she already did, and you know we all we all have our thing. You know Nia's not too safe in the ring, but she should still be a part of the Women's Singles Champion division, not stuck in a mediocre women's tag team champion that no one really cares about it, if we're being honest. If you probably were to look at the viewership for the women's tag team match, I'm pretty sure it would be very low just because they just throw tag teams together that don't match well. You have Natalia and Tamina. Natalia's a submission expert. Tamina's a powerhouse. I don't even know how that even, that even works out. Like, sometimes you can, but, like, this just doesn't work out. But they seem destined to be the new women's – Next women's tag team champions. Well, that's what WWE likes to do. They throw shit at the wall and hope it sticks. And a lot less sticks lately than does it, unfortunately, um, on the Raw side of things. Because even, I mean, I love Monday Night Raw, but I, there's we're, there's a spark that's missing right now. And I, it can come back very easily in my eyes. It just has to go about it the right way. And that's up to the creative team to do that has been lackluster here and there. So. We shall see. Uh, so at this point, you know, we hit on a lot of topics from SmackDown and Raw. We didn't even get to um, the Raw t- uh, Women's Champion and talk about all that that's happening with Asuka. And, you know, great content. We're going to give it to you. But first, I want to talk Charlotte Flair. You mentioned you like her new character. Enough rambling for me. Why do you like what Charlotte is doing? I don't know. It just seems more badass. And Charlotte Flair should never be a face. She is a heel. She should always be a heel because she plays it more. She plays it better. Oh, honestly, Charlotte. She get Flair, what she wants. She get what she wants. I'm saying she can be a bitch sometimes. If we're gonna be perfectly honest, she. Mm-hmm. But she earned it because who is her father? Ric Flair, and she also backs it up in the ring. She's the best woman wrestler in the last. And since I mean. I don't know, since Trish Stratus might be better than Trish Stratus. But I just oh, like wow. it more. I, I mean, Trish was, Trish was dominating, but Trish was also a big fish in a small pond when, you know, a lot of women wrestlers wasn't being taken serious back then as it is now. But I just like the new storyline. She's just a badass. She's got a beef with the referee. It's kind of funny just to see, you know, she's making a ref hold the ropes for her like a queen should do, hold my arm up. It's it's better. It keeps her away from the women's championship picture. I think a lot of people should be happy about that. Either you get this or you get Charlotte winning the champion every time. You can't, you know. And God know people complain about that. But you know, oh, my God. Even though, realistically, she should be the champion every time because she is the best. But, oh, my goodness, people are complaining about Charlotte being in the, and, in the picture too much. And then, my bad to cut you out. I just want to no, make no, you're point. talking, not me. You know, when um, she is in there, the matches are at least good. And when she's not out, people are like, damn, wish Charlotte to come back and, like, wrestle Oscar for the champion or something because Oscar's just having a cakewalk through the women's division. So, you know, you, you got to pick one. Well, and 
Yeah, she especially can't be Ray Ripley right now because that would just make the universe explode. You know what I do hope happens? And this is just a random hopeful thought because I always want my old timers or my, you know, my full timers that are on leave back. And my meaning by that is I want Charlotte Flair to have a badass run where she's not really going after the title, but she's just beating the crap out of people, doing what she wants. And then Becky Lynch comes back and goes, I run this place. And then that starts a rivalry between two great dominant characters. Becky would be the face. Charlotte would be the heel. And I know we got that at Mania a couple years ago around arousing the triple threat, but you could have a one-on-one punishing storyline between these two. Bad or good idea. That match at Evolution they had, uh, people, I should check that one out. It was the last woman standing match. And let me tell you, they blew the roof off of that uh, that arena with that match. It was probably the craziest thing ever. I remember Becky jumping onto Charlotte through a table, burying her under the announce table. Like, they have great chemistry in the ring. And, like, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Keep Charlotte out the title picture, but have her run hell on – Raw, if you saw uh, Sony DeVille actually snuck Charlotte back into the arena, and then her and Mike, uh, what's the guy that's running Raw? Mike, he starts. Uh, oh, uh, are you talking about Adam Pierce? Yeah, Adam. Oh, my bad. I don't know, Mike. Adam Pierce is, uh, you know, he's having an issue about it, but like, I like this with Charlotte. Actually, it's pretty funny to see the referee trying to cost her the match, and then she's calling him out on it. And then she had a good match with Liv Morgan, too. Shout out Liv. That put on a good, phenomenal match against Charlotte. So, I like it. I like Sonya Deville's new role, too, that you brought her up. I like it, too, actually. She might be in a uh, taking Adam Pearce's uh, spot. I actually. saw that. Or at least just split it. You know what? Honestly, have him run one, have her run the other. Whatever one put her probably – Although she's been great on both. Maybe she just runs both. I like – I, I kind of miss the GM uh, a little bit. When it was certain GMs, I think that they should probably somewhat ease back into that. But, like, when it was Teddy Long and Eric Bischoff, like, those are that fun good best. times. You know, it'll be, oh, you're going to have a tag match or you go one-on-one with DeAnda. Like, <laughs> like, those were entertaining. You know, you can solve issues really fast. And, you know, you don't have to – I just thought that was a better idea, add no. something creative to it. Even Tones, who was with us last week, agrees that uh, G- having GMs are good and it just it, – it brings more out. So uh, we hope that – we see that direction. That's one good thing they're doing, and we hope that continues. Uh, uh, so, you, again, we've hit a lot. Ryan Ripley, we haven't talked about her. Um, you know, I'm not going to get too much into her Cleveland, but – I, I want to ask you a question. Do you want her to be a long-time champion, or do you think this should be a semi-shortened run? Uh, I'll go six months. I'm not too familiar with her, for real. And uh, I, I just – I mean, to me, she seems like a great wrestler, but I just – I'm cool with six months with her. I wouldn't be disappointed if she were to lose a champion within six months. I don't think she's Maybe that I like SummerSlam. Yeah, I think SummerSlam. I don't think she's that big of a star yet to hold it like a long time where Asuka or Charlotte, Sasha, or Bailey. I don't think she's up there yet, but she's six months. I like six months. It's fair. Six out of 12 months isn't bad. And uh, I don't know why this just popped in my head, but a little news and nugget before we get back to Ripley. Main event is starting again. I don't know if people have seen that on Twitter. Ooh. But uh, <laughs> Ricochet and Ali were talking shit to each other. Um, so they'll probably have a match there. And 
Live fans are going to happen for SummerSlam. They don't have exact location yet, but it seems as the summer progresses, we're going to start seeing more live audiences. I believe they said July, actually. So I'm really happy about that, Clay, because I, lo- I go to as many as I can. Um, I've been to two Manias now, uh, Money in the Bank, a few Raws. I actually haven't been to SmackDown yet. I got to get to a SmackDown soon, but uh, I'm sure we could all agree as much of a good idea of the Thunderdome was, we're ready for the fans to be back. We are. Um, Oxy was only able to go to one wrestling event in my life. Shout out Tones and Mr. 250 himself, Myron Chapman. Yeah. <laughs> um, we went out to SIUC Carbondale, watched the house show. It was really cool. I was supposed to go to SmackDown a few years ago, but had a little situation where I wasn't able to make it. So if they were to do one closer to where I'm at, I'll definitely be down to go to it. My dream has always been to go to a pay-per-view, but, man, I would love to have live fans back in the arena. The Thunderdome was nice, as Joe mentioned, but it's just sometimes the cheering just doesn't feel real. You know what I mean? Like, you see people look like they're booing, but you hear a lot of cheering. I'm like, I'd rather just have the real thing and not just sounds going off in the arena. I can promise you this, and a little breaking news for Cleveland himself, Next time we get an event where we can go to Chicago, our asses are going. Those tickets will be on me. Because seeing a pay-per-view, and it's cleaving me, repping the shirts in the WWE universe, that's going to be happening one day. I don't know how soon. Chicago is pretty slow with things right now. But uh, we can only hope by next fall we're in that bitch at some point in time. Because not 250. (laughs) And they should move that crap to the United Center. For those of you who listen from the Chicago area, I'm sick of going to Allstate Arena, put it in the United Center. Anyways, that's my little tangent on that crap right there. Um, boy, we've hit a lot. Um, you know, Cleveland, you haven't been on for a couple weeks. I don't know if you listened to me in tones last week, but is, is there any wrestler lately that we haven't that we didn't touch on today or that you would just like, like to give a little shout out or like, okay, let's talk about it actually. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna bring up RK Bro. Good, bad, and different. See, like RKO. Oh, my voice is really high right there. <laughs> I, actually, <laughs> I actually really like the RKO, bro. I think it's pretty entertaining right now. You got this veteran, Randy Orton, and you got this young guy, Matt Riddler. And they're just like, I guess uh, Randy just see him as this goofy young guy. But I feel like Randy Orton eventually is going to get used to it. And these are one of those tag teams. I know we complain about people being thrown together, but this could honestly turn out to be very successful. Yep. I'm going to go back in time where we go back in the 90s with a rock and sock connection, arguably one of the greatest tag teams of the Attitude Era. You had The Rock, you had Mankind, two completely different characters come together. They made gold, magical moments. Maybe Matt Riddler and Randy Orton can make moments like this. Matt Riddler just lost the champion. You know, he needs something to do. Randy Orton also had needs something to do. You know, he just he had his He had his championship times, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, he's an older guy now, and I'm pretty sure Randy Orton has no problem putting over the younger guys. So I'm really looking forward to this. Maybe, you know, this could actually turn out to be a funny tag team. They could possibly win a championship down the road, possibly at SummerSlam. Shout out Randy Orton for that um, the RKO he did against Cedric Alexander. I always was a huge fan of the surprise RKOs or – where they'll do something. Uh, Evan Bourne, I mean, he did the uh, 450s flash, and Randy already called him. 
those are like such cool moments to see, especially as he gets up there in age. It's really cool to see Randy Orton still do moves like that. Oh, and Randy Orton, I mean, just phenomenal shape. He's not getting any worse, clearly. So I know he had signed a five-year deal about a year ago. So that's – He's a lifer. Yeah, uh, he – he calls it like you see it. His Twitter account is funny. If you can follow him on Twitter, he'll call out rappers all the time. <laughs> he, he's a badass on and off the map. Uh, getting back to it. Um, so do you guys – I mean, that was my storyline I'm going with. I, 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 I don't know if he's going to turn on Riddle eventually or they might force the belts their way somehow, but maybe they turn on each other and have a nice little rivalry with a new guy getting over with Randy. Do you have anything from either show? Uh, I'm trying to think on uh, – I mean, I think we touched base on a lot of things. Um, we talked about the SmackDown tag team division a little bit, the Dirty Dogs, you know, the – Any more the, thoughts on Pat McAfee? Oh, I think he's actually doing pretty good. Uh, I don't know the guy on Raw announcer, the new guy, but, man, uh, I'm not a big fan of him. I'm reading a lot of YouTube comments. A lot of people aren't fans of him either. But I'm liking um, Adam Pierce, correct, is his name? The GM? The no, the, uh, no, the commentary. Uh, oh, for Raw? No, SmackDown, the one that's with Michael Cole now. Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee, yes, I suck yeah, the yeah. names, yeah. He's actually getting pretty good. He said he's feeling more comfortable. He's got Vince McMahon in his ear telling him what to do. And I think him and Michael Cole just mashed well together. But, but that's, yeah. a, that's the thing, though. That's why I hate it when people rush on McAfee because they hired him to be himself. He's not a puppet in this situation. I mean, you see him. He's standing up half the damn time. Yeah. He's getting into these matches. You know, Corey Graves is great on Raw, but he's truly more of a breakdown and. McAfee is too, but he has a lot of that fandom in him. Um, you know, same with Bat Braxton's a little he's a little dry, but he's a good guy to have on the three man announce table alongside uh Corey Graves on Raw. And I think that matches well. But for SmackDown, you need somebody with that pop. And I think that's why McAfee's that dude, because he's half a fan, half analysis. Uh, yeah, and it's crazy because I remember uh, just the good old days with the announced teams. Like I mentioned, I used to watch SmackDown growing up, Michael Cole and Taz. I think that's why I got a lot of respect for Michael Cole because I've seen how far Michael Cole came to where he was just on SmackDown and then he moved to Raw, became the head guy. But I really like it. Uh, Corey Grace is obviously my favorite announcer. I just think he's adds something different, and I think he is the strong one on Raw at the moment. So – but, yeah, I think they're doing a really good job on the SmackDown announced team. I think it's pretty solid over there. I hope they keep both the same for a while because it's changed so damn much lately. So much. Someone's always hopping on the table. Consistently. We need something consistently good. My God. Um, what else, before we get into maybe a little bit of sports talk, I was thinking I watched a couple of things today. Not a lot of news um, really out there. Uh Andrade actually wants to fight Penny Omega for the uh, the New Japan belt, as he has three. Um, that's I've seen a little bit of that. Um, but I've also seen a lot of talk on this, and we'll get to it really quickly since it just came to mind. A lot of women wrestlers lately have been wanting – they're pushing for their own show. 
I do not like this idea because I think if you want to show true equality and have people watch, because there's already so much wrestling on, you have to mix it into your Raw and SmackDown. People can make fun of it, call it filler sometimes when it comes down to some of the women's division, but that's how you get people to see. I think if you, for example, move to, let's just say it happened and they called it Women's Evolution and it was one hour long every, one or two hours long every Thursday from eight to 10 on sci-fi or some shit. I don't know, I'm just making crap up. Can you ever envision this uh, happening one day, Cleveland, at one, and do you want it to happen, to, if it was possible? I would love to see it. I'm all about, you know, equality for both sides, all honesty. But I just want people to think about, be realistic, what you But there's not an all-guy show. Yeah, I know. It's, but you know how this stuff goes. We don't want to get too deep, but you know how it is, Joe. You know, we have to. But I just want people to think about this, for example, though. As great as women wrestling is sometimes, if you're going to be a completely honest with yourself, you probably won't find a million people that will tune into a only women's wrestling program every week for an hour. Because if we're being honest, it's a lot of men wrestlers on the WWE roster, and you probably got about half of them are actually pretty good in the ring and actually good. Same with AEW. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, AEW. But if you look at the women's wrestler, we named the four women wrestlers, five women wrestlers out of all of them that signed to WWE that actually, you know, attracts main event attention. I hate to, I hate to bring this. I, I really don't like to use this example, but if we're gonna do this, we gotta think about the WNBA and the NBA. Think about it like that. A lot of people complain that WNBA players don't make the same amount as NBA players. Well, if you look at how you look at the game, you'll see why people are more entertained. You got dunking, you just got more well, excitement. That's why. Did you hear what uh, Shaquille O'Neal said? He's like, lower the hoop so women can dunk and women all over the world went crazy. But hey, he's not wrong, right, though. Like, if you want to see dunking, yeah, lower the hoop. You know what I'm saying? It's more, you know, by, like, you're not going to see a women's champ, like, not anymore, but even back then, you're not going to see a woman take a steel chair to the head. You're not going to see her take a dumpster to the head for real. So it's like, it's not a bad idea, but realistically, I think it'll be a waste of money. And I think it'll just, I don't think it'll last that long, not to offend anyone, but you just have to be realistic with certain things. So, and I think it's, and I think it'll be, and I think it's also, why would you separate it? I never understood why just not showcase it together. Why try to prove you're better than something? Why we could just work it together. Keep them together, not a separate show. It's a terrible idea. And you know what? Those are just a few things I wanted to hit on outside of the actual Raw and SmackDown because a lot of people have been talking about lately and we might as well hit it. But as always, I find a LeBron James comment and nothing to do politically, but this is basketball strictly because that's what we do here when we talk sports. This comment is awful. And I don't know if you heard it. He said, Whoever came up with this shit needs to be fired, talking about the playing tournament. We had it last year. We have it this year. Why is this guy crying about the playing tournament? I'm gonna, you're going to get your minute, but I'm, this guy is finding another reason to cry about something that's been happening for two years. And if he does keep sitting on the bench, he's going to end up being happy about the plan because his team's going to lose all these games and end up playing in the playing round if he keeps this up. But I digress, and I'm going to let you tell me why you think I'm wrong. 
I think it does look bad because the Lakers aren't winning games. But let's be realistic. How is that fair that a 10th seed team and a 9th seed team still have a chance to make the playoffs? Because they the have... regular season's nine less games. All right, that's understand. I mean, yeah, you can say that. But still, though, that's still unfair for a team that, let's say, like Dallas or something. They've been holding it together all year. They're not the best team, but they're not bad either. And then one game can determine whether they go to the playoffs or not for compared to a Warriors team that underperformed a lot this season. Steph Curry catches a little hot, and now they're close to playing in the play-in tournament. Now, like I mentioned, it does look bad because LeBron is losing. You know, they're like six seed at the moment. If you'd have said this when he was top seed, then a lot of people would ease off. But I don't think it was a bad idea. Mark Cuban said the same thing. Luka Doncic said the same thing. But I think when LeBron talks, a lot of people listen more than Mark Cuban and Luka Doncic. And I think a lot of people just take – because I was on Bleach Report. I read about this all day because, you know, it's been a talk on NBA news. And it's just literally people just, like, ripping LeBron apart, blaming LeBron and this and that. When he does have a valid argument to make that a team that barely did it, like, just barely made it through the season now has a chance to sneak into the playoffs. And, folks, Cleveland and I could sit here all day and disagree on that topic, but we won't bore you with that because we'll never agree here. Um, I really, really, really hope he does not end up in the NBA Finals. But if they're healthy, it's a scary roster. Uh, moving on from that, NFL draft came and went quickly. I don't do draft grades. I don't ask people to be experts about something they haven't seen. Um, it's the NFL. It's done on the field. College is a whole different game. All I ask you, Cleveland, um, did you catch the draft? Did you enjoy it? Or, you know, as the season keeps getting along closer to training camp and stuff, do you like with the Dallas direction? Oh, I love what the Dallas pickup. I don't know too much about this guy, Parsons, but I've seen that Dallas received a B-plus for their selection. He's a linebacker. Our defense was shit. I seen the Cowboys pick eight of the 11 picks were on the defensive side, which they is very it. huge. We did need defense was terrible last year. And if we have a solid defense and if Deck comes back looking like how Deck was last season before he got hurt, Cowboys Super Bowl. But I, I want to, <laughs> I don't hey, want to. I, I had her. them go into the NFC championship last year. I felt very good about Dallas. And then I saw Zeke not look so great and Deck get hurt. Could, uh, you know, with Aaron Rodgers might move out the NFC, so it might just open it up a little uh, bit. And I actually want to talk about the Bears, too. Uh, like I mentioned, I am from Chicago, the South Side. So, you know, the Bears will always have a special place in my heart. Love Fields. Love him. You got to love him. Great pickup by the Bears. And if Aaron Rodgers were to lead that division, if you realistically look at the Bears division, you have the Lions, who are the Lions. You have, the, you have Kirk Cousins over there. And then you have a Green Bay team led by a rookie, Jordan Love. This is honestly the Bears' chance to finally get a strong hold on this division for a while because I don't think the rest of these three teams will probably draft or get a good quarterback. You know, the Lions have Jared Goff, but we've seen what happened when he was on the Rams. But the Bears made a right choice, took a right quarterback, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do in their division. 
because I know the Cowboys are going to take ours. We got the Trash Giants, Mr. 250's favorites. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell everyone a 250 joke later on in the show. The next episode, we'll not only have some breaking news, but we'll, we'll <laughs> fill you all in on, you know, on the latest from our boys. But, you know, we got the Trash Giants, you got the Eagles, and then you got the Washington football team. So, I'm really liking the Cowboys' nice draft pick, but I really want to give a bigger shout-out to the Bears and their fans because long overdue, the Bears finally picked a quarterback, a black quarterback, too, at that, a solid quarterback. We thought Mitch Trubisky was one, but we see how that turned out. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what the Bears do next season. Love I, am t- I am, too, from a Colts perspective. I, I love Fields. I thought that was a good pick. Uh, for all you Chicago listeners, Tevin Jenkins, second round, absolute stud in my eyes from the tape I've seen. I wanted him actually almost to go 21 to the Colts. Bears trade up to 39. At this point, if you're pace, you go all in, you make the moves you need to, and I think he's doing that accordingly. Will it work? TBD. But as we get to the last couple seconds of the show, Cleveland, are you going to leave us with any fine thoughts tonight? What do you want to say to the fans? What's the public? I just want to say thank you for tuning in every week. Um, Myron, your Giants suck. That will never get old. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm just going to have a chill night probably. Watch you, you get uh, a little movie guy? A little movie. I was thinking about making some chili. You know, I've been really oh, craving chili. Okay. Uh, craving chili of lately. So, uh yeah, I'm looking forward to next week's episode. Uh, maybe have some big announcements coming up. We never know. Uh, so. Yeah, I'll talk to you on the side. We'll be talking on. I'm, I'm as for the people that know. I'm finishing my move. I'm actually at my parents' house right now, packing the last of my car, and then we got a lot done over the weekend. But as I get down, I promise more content is coming. Cleveland and me just had vacation. We're back hotter than ever and better before. But that being said, these cleave on me. God bless. Good night.